Welcome right back into the studio, Hidden Nation. You got Josh Carey here. It's your hidden entrepreneur right here on 710 WOR, the voice of New York. And guess what? Anytime you want this show or shows just like this, all you got to do is download that free iHeartRadio app and the world is yours. Speaking of the world being yours, you are not going to believe who our guest is today. I'm here with Roger Brown, which to call him a traveler mm, probably doesn't do any of us justice. And you're going to see exactly what I mean. Roger Brown is the author of the book Traveler from the Past, which is available right now on Amazon. It's got a stellar rating. You're going to want to review it. You can download some sample chapters, figure it all out. You're going to love this. Why is he the one you want to learn from? Let's just say that he has spent more than 75 years traveling and still going, including 15,000 miles just on a 53-foot sailboat. You see what I'm saying? There's a lot here. Let me bring him into the conversation. Roger, so nice to have you on the program. Thank you, sir. So you have spent a, literally a lifetime traveling from an early age, 15,000 nautica miles, right, on a sailboat. Tell me what drove you to take that very first trip on the sailboat. And did you anticipate it was going to turn into this? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, basically, I love travel. And as we know, travel is expensive. Uh, flights and things like this, rooms and accommodations. And uh, and even eating. Uh, and so I, while, while I was still driving, I was contemplating retiring at an early age. And uh, I thought about all the different uh, modes of that I could choose, and sailboat brought it uh, down to one one choice. And I I've been a diver uh, from scuba from when I was 14, 15 years old. Took my first class, and uh, so I love the sea. I love seafood with a passion, and uh, I just decided that. Here I could I could grow sprouts. I could uh, get all the vitamins that I needed uh, by eating, you know, the right things. And uh, here I could travel uh, fairly cheap once the sailboat was mine, and uh, just go anywhere in the world, basically. And then from there, do land travel. So were these travels? alone? Uh, I was married at the time. So my wife and I, we chose this. As I say, we we come from basically a logging community. Mm -hmm. And uh, people, there wasn't any, uh, nobody was jealous of us. They all thought we were crazy. <laughs> and, uh, they For just, which reason? Pardon me? For which reason? Just the sea, people getting seasick, I think. And mm. people would say, I get seasick standing on a pier, you know. And so when I would invite different, as we were learning, you know, we took sailing lessons. And uh, 
we were learning, I'd invite people because they'd heard about the boat and uh, only a couple would come down, and even look at it, you know, and when the minute they got on board and in a marina, there's, it's fairly calm and they, they, they wand off the boat. They didn't have any love for that. And, yeah, I mean, so many people, myself included, um, I I have a love for travel, but right now in my life, um, I'm I, I'm not in a position where I could explore the world beyond our country borders. I travel for business quite enough, but looking at your resume here, you've traveled to places like British Columbia, South America, the South Pacific, New Zealand, Indonesia, Asia, Himalayas, Tibet, and China, Mexico. These are just extraordinary. What what one place really stands out and still is close to your heart that you've traveled to? New Zealand. Tell me why. New Zealand is just a wonderful country. It's it's a I describe it as being soft, you know, it's, it's friendly. It's, it's, uh, they love their country with a passion and they keep it clean. It's, it was one of the last places I saw graffiti on things. Oh, uh, you know, and that tells a lot. And they're, they're very protective of their country. Uh, when the agriculture inspection, for example, when you come, on is just horrendous but they they don't have any poisonous snakes they don't have any poisonous spiders opposed to their big brother australia it's got everything imaginable that can gobble you up and so i i like new zealand they it was about 30 years oh uh well just going around looking in in new zealand and in people's lifestyle they were 30 years behind the united states which was refreshing you know they they left their ignition keys in their cars you know and just their doors weren't locked they, there wasn't this fear and uh, so but it's very hard to get in their country also their immigration laws are super mm. tough and anyway uh were there any times on the boat where it wasn't smooth sailing? Yes. <laughs> Tell but, me. Uh, yeah, the ocean's huge. Yeah. And there's one place between Galapagos Islands and Marquesas Islands that it takes 34 days to cross. That's sailing 24 hours a day. And... Uh, the the depth is over two miles deep wow. in places along there, and uh, so that was a that was a new adventure. That part of it being so far away from land, and and uh, you're there by yourself. You know you have radio contact, but basically you're you're alone. And uh, how how are you how are you eating and drinking at that point for 34 days? Well, we had plenty of supplies. We had more supplies than brains, I think. And uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we ate well. Uh, we had, uh, I put on a water maker right off when we bought the boat. So we had fresh drinking water. We had uh, 
200 gallons of supply and we could make 30 some gallons an hour if we wanted to. Oh, wow. We had rainwater. It's just so delicious. Um, uh, desalinated water is not really tasty because all the minerals are taken out of it. And when you get rainwater, you get minerals. And so we would ca capture all that we could just for drinking. And, uh, but yeah, food, we caught fish, we had tuna and we had, wow. our freezer was just packed all the time. It, you, you literally lived the life and, and you're still going 75 plus years in travel with with the 70 countries uh that you visited to this day is there any one location you still wish you could or can get to or is everything checked off the list oh no no there's the africa the only part of africa i've been in is morocco and got to see quite a bit of it loved it mm -hmm. but the the rest of the country uh I'd love to see. And there's places like uh, north of Iran and Turkey, all the way up into Russia, uh, the Trans-Siberian Railroad. I would love to travel that. The uh, like to see Turkey and Istanbul. And I get all wound up every once in a while and have a big long list of the prices, you know, and train travel. I love train travel, so. Oh, yeah, the boat, uh, it was a, it was a real relief to, I owned her for 28 years mm. and uh, uh, knew quite a bit about that boat. It was the only boat I ever had. And uh, I didn't, didn't want another one. And I just went, when they, they, there's a saying, there's two times in the boating world that you're the happiest. And one is when you buy it. And one is when you sell it. And I realized the the wisdom in that, you know, it did the load that was off because you're constantly worrying about it with hurricanes. Wow. And, you know, during the summer months when you're not there. And I spent uh, 28 years in the tropics. And this last year was the first year in California that I spent the winter. So it was quite a shock. <laughs> And what is the reader going to learn? What are they going to feel when they absorb this book, Traveler from the Past? Well, there's about half of the book is the jobs that I had, the offshore drilling platforms that I worked on, the in the logging industry, the uh, trucking industry, pretty heavy on that, and, and my mechanical work and uh, then the travel part is about a, another half of the book. And so it, uh, it exposes the reader to different industries. Uh, at, believe it or not, at, in 1965, I, had, I could mark down almost 90 particular employers that I had. So I did a lot of shifting around just you know there was i didn't didn't get fired from any place it just said <laughs> something else would catch my interest and off i'd go yeah. tell me about um on your adventures right from start to finish here 
Tell me about a story that just either surprised you or wowed you or had you in awe. What comes to mind? Well, I think I uh, met a friend in in Greece. I was in the States and got invited to come visit. And the person wanted a little bit of financial aid, let's just say. And I brought some traveler's checks. And when we met in France, uh, she was going to take me down to uh, Greece and show me I had never been to Greece. And so we went and uh, we got in an argument and I left during the middle of the night and I realized I had given her all my money and all I had was what was in my pocket. It was about, it was about $75, I guess. And so I traveled, I wanted to see some more country and just the, the friendship ended there, <laughs> various reasons. And so I'm clear up, just going to cross into Yugoslavia from, uh, Greece. And when I bought my ticket, I had a year rail pass and I had a return trip ticket, but that was it. And, and there's $75 and I've traveled for two months. I went, I ended up clear into Northern Norway, uh, sleeping outside in, uh, just in a old blanket I found and I ate apples and cabbage stuff I find along the railroad tracks and, wow. uh, and ended up back in Heathrow in England and uh, two months later so I had a wonderful trip and it just to me it proved that you can have a great time it doesn't have to cost a lot you know and yes I was inventive and yes I got woke up when the sprinklers came on in the middle of the night and but uh, that that was to me a kind of a revelation, you know, that because normally you take lots of money and you'd have that for security. But mm -hmm. um, and then I had Giardia in <laughs> on on one trip that lasted for almost six months and uh, wasn't the happiest camper especially on long bus rides and uh, but yet I didn't I didn't want to give up you know I just kept hanging in there and I finally got cured uh, but I had a lot of treatments along the way so where did the love for travel begin I think with my parents you know the the campgrounds then we had a big old big giant old tent the, the canvas stunk like crazy it had a treatment on it real dark and heavy 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 and the tent poles and and we'd just strike out you know my parents were not poor but they weren't rich either and so they and and the camping then was free and uh just there was so few restrictions it's still hard for me to get used to the the um parking along the state highway that takes a parking permit and you know the the fees when you go into a campground and then pack cheek to jowl in those days the campgrounds were huge they were not near a highway 
they were off. And uh, so that to me, I just, I love that. Uh, uh, being with my parents and uh, picking berries and canning them and uh, picking apples on trees that were wild out there from different old ranches. And I like the forage. Uh, Is there anything that you would change looking back? Do differently? Not really. Not really. Oh, uh, I I took opportunities when I had them. Uh, for instance, there's a saying: if a country is is uh, safe enough, doesn't mean it's got to have the state department's approval. That has nothing to do with my travels. Uh, and if you can reasonably go to a country, uh, do it because. Tomorrow it may be too unsafe, and especially these days we're in. Uh, in the last, most of my travels, you know, I there's places where I couldn't go back today, and I got to see those. And Kashmir, for example, uh, the Lonely Planet book had half a page, had a picture, and that page itself, and it basically said, "Don't go." And I talked to a gentleman in in uh, uh, Indonesia or in, um, Thailand, and he said, "Go to get as close to that country as you can safely." And that would have been India. So I went to New Delhi, and he said, "Be where the people getting off the bus that have just come from there talk to them, because that's your." That's the information you want, not uh, hearsay and somebody's brother-in-law that went 20 years ago to there because things change. And so I did. And and I went into Kashmir and I didn't even know they were the, the troubles they had. I saw a lot of police. Uh, I saw the Indian Army there and uh, sandbags. Uh, banks that had chains on their doors and you could just barely squeeze through and i spent all that time there and didn't even know it was a dangerous place and i enjoyed it uh, you know i got to see the himalayas for several months and uh, had i read the all the reports i wouldn't have gone you know and but uh, and i knew you know you just uh, I guess I because I've worked on the railroad and railroads are notorious their yards in a big city is a dangerous place and they're not real lit up and we were doing our work a lot of it at night and I had crews in there and never had a problem but I was aware of the drug use in there and the the people bad people hiding in railroad yards and you know, so I thought, shoot, these places aren't any more dangerous. And I've been to Columbia, uh, Bogota, and had a wonderful time and didn't see one iota of crime, you know, but I wasn't yeah. looking for it. There you go. Wasn't looking for it. I'm a firm believer, right? Seek and you shall find. You get yeah. what you look for. You get what you focus on. That's right. Um, what is the message you can leave for the next generation who is very interested and intrigued by
by following in your footsteps, by following your lead? Well, it's it's a matter of going. You know, uh, the, in the boating world, we have a, a saying that the most important thing is throwing off the dock lines, you know, because that's your security. And when you take those dock lines off, you're free. You know, you're you're beginning to float out of that marina. And if you have those tied on, there's always some project or something you need to add to your boat. And when you throw those dock lines off, you're you're free. And uh, to, and that's true. You could apply that to all travel, you know, in your life. Right. And uh, yeah, that that freedom to travel, and we have that. And 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 uh, even countries that everybody says you can't uh like tibet for example and going through the chinese uh process of getting in that country took all of five minutes and where i'd heard horror stories and and it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true you got to be aware of course you know and all the time but just travel you know just do it just get out there and that's kind of an overused saying but it, it really does apply sure know? does and, yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea of um the dock lines removing mm -hmm. them such a great metaphor for life hit a nation think about that you're tied up you have some sense of safety you have some stuff that you have to do but sooner or later you got to remove those dock lines and yes. just start sailing I love it. Roger Brown, the author of Traveler from the Past. Get it right now on Amazon. Three ways. It's available on Kindle. It's available paperback and in hardcover. Your choice. Thank you, Roger. I absolutely love this. Uh, I love everything you've done. Thank you for spending time on the program with us today. Thank you, sir. There you go, Hidden Nation. Thank you for tuning in, dedicating your time to this moment. Keep it up. Be well. Be seen. We're going to do it again before too long. Until we do, take care. Be well.